Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Howdy, Colin. How you doing? Super duper. Well, this is it. This is the Super Bowl. This is the big one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you think Missouri can come in there and fucking do it for us? No. Uh, <laughs> but I want them to very badly, as badly as I want anything. Uh, you know, I think there's a six and a half percent chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our offense is, is playing better. The you know, the pass rush makes me feel more positive. But I think right now this team doesn't know what they are, and I think the coaching staff doesn't exactly know what they are yet. And I think that leaves a lot of room to be outcoached. But, you know, one thing I'll say about that is that while I do feel like Mizzou maybe – is a, has a chance to be out coaching a lot of games. The fact that Butch Jones is the guy on the other side of the field does make me feel like there's less chance of that happening. Right. Um, he's, he's, he's not the type of coach that, that really, you know, gets you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I'm not getting my hopes up, but it would be sweet. Oh, brother, it would be sweet. Oh, man. And it's only getting sweeter. I mean, just the, 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 not venom, but just sort of, dismissal from Tennessee world. I think uh, we talked about earlier, John Adams from the Knoxville News Sentinel writing that piece about how Missouri should be swept back to the Big 12 and they take West Virginia instead. It's just that kind of bullshit attitude that Tennessee seems to be the epicenter for that. Yeah, and you know, when you compare us side by side with them, we have more wins than Tennessee. We have a 3-1 to one advantage of the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe Tennessee should be swapped out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... Uh, a lot of Mizzou fans have, have had that sentiment, so I... Uh, well, I don't know what it is, Brennan, but I, you know, most of uh, the SEC does not like us much, right. but nobody has been as uh, out front and as vitriolic as Tennessee fans, and maybe it's a Tennessee fans are just the worst, which I'm completely open to, mm-hmm. but I think part of it maybe, too, is that we came into the East, unlike A&M, and we kind of had, had our way with Tennessee, and... Uh, I think it's a combination of them not wanting us and then us coming in and, and kind of handed it to them for three straight seasons. So I don't know, but it's, they are, they are uh, the worst fan base in the East and, uh, second place isn't even close. No, no, I can't think of anybody. I, I don't really dislike any other fan base. I mean, we've had a lot of good games against the South Carolinas, but I don't have any particular mm-hmm. dislike for South Carolina. I you despise know, Tennessee. You know, when we, we won the East despite Georgia being us big at home. Right. Georgia fans got after us quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I'm, a, you know, I almost understood it. And um, yeah, you know, at at times, some other programs can be a little bit persnickety, I suppose. But nobody has even. I mean, like I said, second place is a is a the distance from here to the moon from Tennessee as far as you know this arrogant pissant attitude towards Mizzou. So you know, certainly nothing would be better than beating Tennessee. We've been talking about it literally all year about the, I mean, I think we've, if we've been proven right on anything and there hasn't been much this year, it's that Tennessee hasn't shown any reason why they should be vaunted as one of the elite programs in the country. And they're barely, they're not even an elite program in this league. I mean, they're going to sneak into the division title if they do. I mean, Florida could easily walk away with it if they beat LSU, which is a tall order, but, but it's not like they're even, controlling in this conference much less around the country and so no i had a i had a 
UFC fan come at me on Twitter, you know, and uh, basically taking a steamy dump on Mizzou without really any grounds to do so. But, uh, you know, I was basically saying, you know, there's no really not an argument. I feel like Butch Jones is, you know, badly underperformed and they disagreed completely with me. And I thought, you know, this is a team that every year seems to think they, this is the year. This is, we're going to have it. And if that is the case, if you have the talent and this, you do in fact believe that every year is your year, then the guy who's not getting the job done has a problem. And, right. uh, I think this year, despite the fact that Tennessee may back their way into an East title, if I'm a Tennessee fan, this, this doesn't, this, an East title doesn't do anything to give me more confidence in Bush Jones because they will have backed into it. You know, it'll, it'll be a lot of Florida and Georgia crapping down, uh, and, and Kentucky for that matter, crapping themselves and allowing Tennessee to have a bad season and yet still make it to Atlanta. So it's not like they took this division by the throat and willed their way there. I mean, they needed a lot of help if they get there. Oh, sure. If there were any Tennessee fans that, that, took any validity away from our 2014 division title uh they got no room to stand on with this one i mean they were given a lot of gifts oh yeah well my thing is is that i agree tennessee is a very good program with lots of talented player which to me is even more of an indictment of butch jones i mean give less miles this team imagine what happens you know or mark richt or any of the other big names that have been available the last couple years you know i it I really wonder if this team has to succeed in spite of Butch Jones. I don't have to wonder. I believe that. Well, as we do every week, we have to uh, throw it to people who are smarter than us so that our fans can hear actual smart words and analysis about the game we're about to watch. This week, uh, I talked to uh, Benjamin Hockman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch to talk a little bit about our Tigers, and then Rhiannon Potkey from the Knoxville News Sentinel to uh, tell us about this Tennessee program and the state of affairs over in Knoxville. And so we'll hear a little what they have to say and uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. I bet he was predicting a, uh, a back-and-forth battle that comes down to the, the final moments. Well, you're just going to have to bite your nails and listen, Colin. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's throw it on over to them and then uh, come back and uh, wrap this motherfucker up. All righty, then. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Going to throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. Who's back in the game? Shane Ray. And look at what he just did. Touchdown, Missouri. This is the Mazodcast. With us now from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch sports columnist, Benjamin Hockman. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So we're looking at uh, the Tigers after their first SEC win of 2016, and they're facing what could be the SEC East Division champion in Tennessee now. And I guess after the win, maybe we have more questions than answers with this team. I, I think the first one I wanted to ask you about is our defense. Two weeks ago, Barry Odom took over the play calling after uh, sort of giving DeMonte Cross a little bit of a sidestep, and things look to be improving. I mean, they're making big plays, but they're still giving a lot of big yards. What is your thought about how this defense is going to end up, and then what's going to happen to DeMonte Cross at the end of 2016? Yeah, I mean, I'll say this not based on a source or anything, just, just instinct. I can't see Coach Cross being back unless he's shown something in recruiting that Coach Odom thinks is is so valuable he can't 
uh, afford to lose it. Uh, it, was, it was really neat to see uh, the defense, at least guys like Charles Harris, have big games against Vanderbilt. He wins the SEC Defensive Lineman Player of the Week, and he's now eighth all-time in, in sacks in Mizzou. That's, that ain't bad either. I, I just don't know if uh, if on the road Mizzou's defense will be able to, to do the same thing they did at home. And we're not saying that they had the greatest performance anyway at home. Uh, they did just enough to win. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, I have to wonder. I mean, this is we're kind of a fan based podcast, obviously, and we, we're real reactionary and, uh, and don't use our head. We use our heart and and uh, scream and moan. But it is one of these things where we were saying, why have we changed our defense? Why have we gone to this new read and react scheme? It seems to have, have leashed our best players. And then two weeks in to actually reverting to the old form, they do seem to be sacking the quarterback, putting pressure on. And it seems like another situation where maybe maybe the fans are right or that they see something that the football coaches don't want to admit is there until they absolutely have to. Was the old was the read and react scheme that bad? Or what is the deal? Well, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, you hear some murmurs about how people uh, weren't comfortable uh, playing in it, and notably some of the linemen who had thrived the previous season. But, I mean, let's not forget, I mean, for however big anybody's black and gold heart is, who's is bigger? Barry Odoms, right? So here's the guy that did the defense the way he wanted to last year and still signed off on the on the change for this year, thinking that it could improve the defense or find ways to kind of uh, escalate and offend everybody involved, not just certain players. And, and let's not forget how good and how vital Kentrell was last year to the team as well. You can't, they couldn't uh, recreate that, uh, even with a healthy Michael Shear. Um, but yeah, I, I, for at least one game, it, it looked pretty good. I just think they're kind of surviving this season now. Yeah. As, and I'm not saying they're playing it out, but they're just kind of holding on for dear life. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it worked for one Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday, but a lot of things can work for, for small sample sizes. But the, the win, I'll tell you, it did remind me, my first season covering Mizzou football was Coach Pinkle's first season. Mm-hmm. Um back in, in the 2001 season. And the win uh, last Saturday reminded me of when uh, Mizzou beat Baylor 
uh, at home, and, and uh, it, was a, it was a big home win, and, you know, it was a crappy opponent, and it wasn't that impressive, but, man, it just felt good for them to get one. Yeah, yeah. And for Coach, yeah, for Coach Odom just to get one, for Coach Pinkle at that time to get one, uh, the players to say, all right, not all is lost. We're not the worst. I mean, maybe yeah. we still are, but we're not the worst for the weekend anyway. And, uh, and that, that, that was cool, because I didn't think Missouri was going to win another game this year. And it just, just it would have been so disheartening to, to go into the off season like that. Yeah, I agree with you. I left the stadium with just a sense of relief, and I'm sure the the players and coaches felt it a lot more than I did. Um, it was yeah. just it just getting the streak over and everything like that. I agree, but. Um, you know, to focus on negatives like I like to do, I'm going to turn it to uh, <laughs> to our kicking game and Tucker McCann, who has been talked about a lot, but was a highly highly touted kicker coming out of high school. And the first couple games, he had a few missed kicks, and I kind of chalked it up just yips, you know, coming into the big SEC games. But I mean, last week had to be one of the worst kicking performances in college football history. <laughs> I mean, what, I know, what, I know. what's getting yeah. into him? I mean, it has to be his head, right? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't watch the film of him in high school, but I assume he was making long kicks. And it's funny, you know, I almost make a laugh. You hear about, oh, yeah, these other big schools were looking at, I think I forgot who it was. There was like an SEC school, another SEC school that was listed to have been recruiting him. And I'm just like wondering, like, what does – air quotes recruiting me did they get like the obligatory letter in the mail that says we'd be interested you know what I mean like yeah. the most basic thing that they send out to any one through five star recruit but he somehow turned into oh yeah they're recruiting me hard right, right. And she's like well we're gonna lock you up you're in our backyard so yeah. <laughs> uh, but no I mean I, I don't know what's going on in that guy's head nothing good um, it's a shame it, it's, it's embarrassing for him it's, it, it's weird uh, here's hoping that it'll be like a story that we talk about years from now when he's beating LSU or not, I guess not LSU, but beating somebody awesome on a, on a kick and, uh, we're talking about, oh, remember his freshman year when he, he couldn't even uh, make an extra point. Yeah. Well, we, we had, I know this is a long shot, but we were curious if Kathy Ireland had any eligibility left from yeah. her days in, no, um, yeah. you know, she, she it had, would be a story. Mm-hmm, it would mm-hmm. be a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'd say this though. I mean, not only was she a quality kicker in that movie, I'm um, not only has she done really well for herself as, a, as an executive in life with, with her line, I believe, of clothing, but she is number one in my list of uh, covers for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit. Her "She Reigns in Spain" uh, will never be will never be defeated, in my opinion. Well, you 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 pulled that up um, really quick, like it is etched into your memory pretty pretty firmly. Uh, there's no question. Oh, and I might, by the way, have it uh, framed on the wall. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we're facing Josh Dobbs and Butch Jones in Tennessee. We have been complaining about how overrated Tennessee has been all year, but it still looks like they have a very good shot at winning the East. Do you think Missouri has any shot at winning this game in Neyland Stadium this Saturday, given all the problems they have? I, sh- I think Missouri has a shot. I don't think they have <laughs> a great shot, but... The one thing, one thing that was pretty reassuring out of the Vanderbilt game was the wide receiver play, and, and notably Jamon Moore, who's a guy who rightfully so has deserved a lot of criticism for his performance and his efforts out there for many of the games. Uh, to see him bounce back at some of the other guys, make some important plays, and, and Drew get a little confidence. Yeah, I mean that that's really important. I love Crockett at the, at the running back position. 
I wrote a couple weeks ago in, in, uh, in the post dispatch, like, you know, at this point, we've only got one glimmer of hope from the to even enjoy it this year. That's watching Crockett run. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I think they, they'll compete. I don't think this will be a blowout or anything like that, but it's really hard to see them going into this, uh, game on the road and winning. Yeah, it, we have. I think we're three and one against Tennessee since we've come into the league. And even last year when we weren't looking good, I think they they got a nineteen to eight win. You know, they haven't done real well against us. But if there was ever a year where it looked like they could come out and whoop the Tigers, this is it. But I nothing would make yeah. me happier than a win. <laughs> right, right. It's tricky when we do these like against certain teams, like it's for, it's, especially with the teams that have had different coaches. Right. You know, I mean. At some point, you're just talking about uniforms, you know. I mean, if you're talking about maybe like a uh, last miles LSU team when he was coaching there earlier this year, and just looking at like the last decade or whatever, if Alabama or whomever was playing them, you could really break it down versus a less coached team, LES, one S less coached team. Uh, but I think when you look at, at this, it's, yeah, that was a fun win against Dooley that I think the first year in the SEC. Like, what is that? game or those players have to do with Saturday's game well maybe not much but I mean we it's the same type of environment we have two wins in Knoxville and I don't think there's ever been a game we've come to play Tennessee where we were favored and uh yeah. and, and and yet we've done all right so I you know I don't know we we're we're talking about sports so whether it's relevant or not I mean like you know Nate Silver predicted uh Trump would lose so we'll we'll talk about nonsense too right <laughs> We have no hope now, right? If Nate Silver, the smartest dude in, in our country, uh, can't figure this out, and that's like his forte, like what, what are we going to do? Any guys picking sports or anything like that? <laughs> it makes me feel better because if 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 he can get it wrong, then then stupid guys and like me are uh, on a level more than uh, you know. I, I felt no hope when he got him right every time. Oh, I like the way you twisted that. Okay, yeah, right, glass half full. All right, yeah. Nate <laughs> See, Silver's one of us. Yeah. There you go. Okay, last question before I let you go. Uh, looking forward to 2017 because this is obviously kind of a, a bummer of a season. One thing to look forward to, it seems to me, is that every skill position we have on offense, almost, it, we've got a freshman or sophomore, and they look really good or well-suited to their spot on the team. Defense, we look a little old. where we got a veteran squad on defense. What does that bode for 2017? I mean, I've got high hopes for what the offense might be capable of. You mentioned Crockett. Drew Locke said ups and downs, but he's still just a sophomore. We've got Johnson and Mason, these young receivers. We've got a lot of – Blanton at tight end. We've got a lot of talent there for next year. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Uh, no, I'm, 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 op- I mean, I'm optimistic that – I mean, I thought this dang team would make a – win six games and make a bowl game this year. So here's thinking next year with uh, – with an established offense, just in regards to years on the, you know, on the on the roster, they'll lose Charles Harris and they'll lose some of those cornerbacks and such. But yeah, I think it's one of the things where the defense will improve. Excuse me, the, the offense will improve and the defense might be around where it is. But look, this team needs to be scoring some points. This need, team needs to be getting some offensive momentum. And some of those games this year were just disgusting. Uh, the Florida one, if I recall, just it was it was like ish ish incomplete punt. Right. Ish, ish, incomplete punt, and uh, it, it was just getting ridiculous. Yes, and so uh, the, the increased use of Crockett has become a, a big relief this year, and I'm sure next year he's going to get a ton of carries. I mean, he, he could very well get a 1,000 yards this season, I guess. Next year, I don't, <laughs> presuming he stays healthy, he could, he could put up some huge numbers for Mizzou. Yeah, 
Well, with Mizzou's luck, I'll transfer to like Boise State. <laughs> that blue field is tempting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Benjamin, for joining us. Uh, appreciate having you on the show, and uh, good luck Saturday. And uh, thanks for thanks for being on a lowly podcast like ours. I enjoyed the experience. Take care. Okay. Thank you again. Every cheek is filled with chew And no one's ever seen a chew Oh, I want to be Where the hot dogs are deep fried That's the reason Elvis died in Tennessee With us now from the Knoxville News Sentinel, Rhiannon Potkey is the uh, beat reporter for the Volunteers, and she's uh, joined us now to talk a little bit about the game on Saturday. Thanks for joining us, Rhiannon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm looking at these two teams, and Tennessee obviously having a lot better season than Missouri this year. I've seen that uh, Josh Dobbs has finally got a, a consistent running back to assist him in the backfield now. The way Missouri has been giving up yards this season, I guess my first question is, Offensively, do you think Butch Jones even needs to go to the air, or, or do you think they're just going to run it up the gut and make Missouri try to stop them? I think that'll be the first course of action. Tennessee obviously will has you know between Dobbs and Alvin Kamara and now John Kelly, who's the sophomore running back who's replaced Jalen Hurd, who left the program. Uh, they have enough weapons in the backfield to really exploit that if a team is exploitable in that realm. So I think they'll definitely go to that first. They won't be afraid to try to throw it, and they'll try to open it up. And usually Tennessee is most successful if they can get Dobbs running and get him get some yards on the ground and then kind of soften up the defense and then allow him to get more comfortable throwing. He seems to he's very he's much more effective when he's able to do both. And when he's not able to run, he kind of starts to force a few throws, and then it, it doesn't always go the way he wants. So they definitely want to try to get the run established first looking over at the defensive side of the ball, and I see that, I guess, Tennessee's had a lot of shuffling on the line on both sides of the ball, and Missouri has seemed to have kind of finally found its running game with uh, Demaria Crockett, the freshman running back, who looks very, very good and has really taken a lot of pressure off Drew Locke. And my question, I guess, for you is, how porous is that defensive line for Tennessee? What are their cons- Is that their main concern, and what are they going to try to do to shut down Drew Locke's passing game as well as that Crockett run? Tennessee defense has concerns at, at every level. Uh, in some realm, they've had uh, mm-hmm. you know the defensive tackle position has it, been a revolving door. They've had you know a lot of injuries. They used to that line was supposed to be really really deep at the start of the season. That was going to be their strength, and it's just. Every week it's thinned and thinned and thinned, whether it be by injury and one player left the program. So they're having to put guys at defensive tackle who really haven't even repped defensive tackle uh, in practice much. So obviously that's not a good formula. And then the problem they're having, too, is that once the guys are getting to the second, third level, the tackling's not been as, as sound as it should be. So they're, you know, 10-yard runs are turning into 30, 40, 50-yard runs they've let on them. So the run defense has been really, really shaky these last few weeks, aside from Tennessee Tech, which is, you know, obviously because of Tennessee Tech, there's um so they, you know they've had they've had a lot of issues at every level, and I think you know part of it is that product of the upfront starting there. Uh, they just it's they've just been it's it's been a revolving door a lot of position on the defense because of injuries this year and a lot of consistency issues. They're getting some guys back. They got Darren Kirkland Jr. back at linebacker and Cam Sutton back at a defensive back. Uh, he came back last week and he's a preseason All-SEC uh, NFL draft prospect. 
But each kid, you know, he, you could tell it was his first game back. He made some really, really good reads, but then there was a few, you know, a few things that he missed, and it's just getting his feet back under him. So um, Tennessee's defense is able to be run upon, as we've seen Kentucky, over 400 yards. They set a program record, and they still lost, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can rush for that much. So there are holes in it, and they're really trying to shore it up, but it just doesn't seem like it's been, been able to happen, whether that is just because of the injuries or just, they just don't have the personnel. Um, you know, that, that's something that I think they're going to have to see at the end of the season. But uh, they definitely uh, they definitely can be taken advantage of in that sense. And the thing that won the game for them last week was that they, they just, in the red zone, they were really solid. They made Kentucky kick field goals. And uh, that's, you know, it's kind of kind of playing with fire to kind of sample with that, you know, to get teams down in the red zone and then hopefully you can hold them. But they were successful, so that was that was how they won that game last week. Have you heard anything as to whether Todd Kelly, the the strong safety, will be back this game? Last I saw, he was listed at questionable. He's doubtful. He was listed as doubtful as of yesterday. He was doubtful. So I don't expect, you know, usually if a guy's doubtful by that point, you don't expect to see them. They've had guys questionable by Wednesday, and we haven't seen them. So that leads me to believe he probably won't be playing, which is it's a big loss, especially against a, a strong quarterback like your lock. You know, that secondary is as he was a uh, kind of the you know the linchpin back there this year again. Like I said, Cam Sutton is back, which is huge. But it'll be a second game back, so it, it's still a little bit of a you know still trying to get his feet under him. So and losing Todd Kelly as our leading tackler is a big loss for them if he doesn't play. So obviously Tennessee's in the hunt for the SEC East title, and they're up against Florida. And it, it appears just on the schedule and with Florida taking on a tough LSU team that, that uh, Tennessee has the easier route to Atlanta, uh, presumably. But do you foresee the possibility? I mean, I guess the possibility is always there of overlooking a Missouri or a Vanderbilt in, in these final two games, knowing that Florida's got, got potentially the tougher road to hoe. Yeah, I don't think there's any, after South Carolina this year, uh, that, that loss, I don't think they'll be overlooking anyone anymore. Um, they still could have a bad game and lose, that's for sure. I mean, we've seen that with this team. There's just, they, they have moments when they're really, really flat. They, you know, even at the beginning of the season when they were healthy, they just, they kind of had slow starts and it took them a while to, to get into games and they, so I don't, I don't think they'll be overlooking it in terms of mentally. I think they realize they can't afford to overlook anyone at this point anymore because they, they lost that with the South Carolina loss. Like that was out the window. So they need to win. And even if, you know, obviously if Florida loses and they, they'll be super motivated to play because they'll have the SEC title. I just, I don't see them in, you know, the only way maybe a letdown if Florida does clinch is Andy, maybe they, but I don't even think at that point they overlook because I feel like they, they still feel like they have a lot to prove because a lot of people once that South Carolina loss came really kind of turned this season kind of turned, uh, they didn't, they, they view it in a different light now a little bit. And I think they're trying to prove that fact that they still are a quality team. That they still could make a run and get a decent bowl game. And obviously the goal is, you know, they, they're hoping Florida will, especially with down nine seat. I think they're going to be down nine starters tomorrow or Saturday, excuse me, you know, starters against LSU at LSU now with the being postponed and, and switched. So I don't think there's any fear of that, but there is always, a, you know, there is always a chance with this team they just won't, they won't play well. So I don't necessarily think it'll be because they overlook a team. It will just be because that's kind of how they've been. They've been very up and down this year. That leads a little bit into my next question, which is, you know, expectations were very high for this Tennessee team this year. I mean, there were talk of national title, much less a SEC title, you know, while they're, you know, in the hunt for the East Division and, you know, possibly an SEC title. 
obviously the team hasn't lived up to the kind of expectations that some people had going into the season. What are the fans' attitudes, I guess, right now in Knoxville, particularly for Butch Jones, but this team in general after games like we saw against South Carolina and even some of the close wins early on in the season? Yeah, I, I think it's a little mixed. You have your – you have – complete, I think, just complete disappointment because there was so much hype leading into the season. And the thing is, whether that hype was justified, there was, you know, I mean, they had a great run in last season and they have some talented players, obviously. But was it maybe a little bit too overhyped, you know? It, I think the thing that is really, people will consider if they do, you know, if they win 10 games, if they get a decent goal, if they win the SC East, it'll be a successful season. I think that the thing that is going to always kind of be over it is just, they never looked completely dominant in a victory they always had kind of bumps, and and you can give them credit for their resilience and the resolve. Any injuries have definitely factored in. And, but at this point now, a lot of teams are kind of being they're almost the same in Tennessee. They're suffering huge losses with key guys. So I think it's not necessarily. I think they'll be. I don't want to say over. They'll be happy about the fact that they were able to win the SEC East and get a you know good bowl, win ten games. But they'll always be kind of that thing like what could have been if they had just kind of put it all together and showcased their potential more often. And the South Carolina loss is always going to be kind of a smudge on the on this whole resume because they you know, they could have you know even if they win the SEC I think some people will still kind of not hold that against them but just be like you know that shouldn't happen but so I think it is a lot of mix I think the people are kind of conflicted they don't they won't know you know they'll be happy that there's still progress being made but they'll always know that there what you know what could have been there could have been more. Missouri fans, I think we've looked at Tennessee the last few years, and it seems like expectations have been high every year for them. And we kind of scratch our heads over here. We know that Butch Jones is a great recruiter, but they never they never seem to live up to the expectations that we hear, at least from Columbia, a long way from Knoxville. I think we talked about early on in the season, like what exactly is so special about this team over last year that's going to catapult them. And I think feel a little vindicated that the, while they're a good team, they're not an elite caliber team uh, like a lot of people predicted. But uh, that's, I guess those are the small little sour grapes victories you can take when your team is a uh, one and <laughs> one and five in conference. Yeah. I can't take mine. I can't throw too many daggers. Right, right. I get it. But you know, I think, I mean, you're right. Like that's the thing. If you, projections are what they are. Projections. They obviously have some talented players and granted they, I mean, they did suffer a lot of, Key injuries, you know, I mean, there were big important guys that went down. We can't, you can't overlook that. I mean, they were, you know, three of their team captains were out at, you know, at one point, like, you know, three NFL draft prospect type players were out, one done for the season. But still, there was some, against some of the opponents, they should have even, they should still have won resoundingly even with those, without those guys, if, if at the level that everyone projected them to be. And I think that's kind of the sticking point this year is that just, they never kind of looked like, you know, they never, there was always, kind of lulls in every game and kind of playing down the level of their opponent or not playing up to their level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just going to kind of, if you're a Tennessee fan and you watch every game and you're best at it, you know, every, and you don't just look at the record at the end, you're always going to kind of know that and wonder. And I think that's just going to kind of be the theme with this team is just what if, what if, you know, a little bit inconsistent. Well, I guess the last question I have for you is just a simple, uh, what's your prediction for this week? Um, I mean, obviously, I think Tennessee's a 16-point favorite at this point. How do you foresee this one unfolding? Yeah, I, I do think Tennessee's going to win. I think, you know, home game, senior day. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they do find out that LSU-Florida score, if that has any effect, or if they even find out during the game, because that's obviously going to end during the game. If that will have any effect, I don't know. But I still think, you know, Tennessee at home, they got, you know, all the seniors are last game. They're going to want to go out memorably. And I think, you know, they, they, 
they believe they still have a lot to play for, and that could be true, you know, and it would be more true if Florida loses, obviously, but um, I think they'll be they'll be ready to play, and I think they will. Let's hold it out. I, I think, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a shootout, because both these teams have shown that resistance isn't always their specialty here. Um, but I think Tennessee's defense is going to want to try to to get it. They, they need a performance that's not a Tennessee Tech team that they feel solid against. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen, but I do think Tennessee will pull it out. And I think it'll be, I think it'll, they'll be, you know, control most of the game. But with this team, every year I've always said, I say this, and there's always in the back of my head going, but I don't really know. Because <laughs> I mean, who rallies like against the Florida Georgia game, the Texas A&M game? Once those were played, I said I'm never predicting anything 100 with this team this year. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's day to day with this team. <laughs> it's a roller coaster ride. Kind of hang on. All right, Rihanna Potkey, thanks for joining us. She can be found at Tennessee Beat on Twitter, and she's the beat reporter for the Knoxville News Sentinel. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate having me. Oh. Mountain Dew in every cup And all the dentists just gave up Oh, come with me In my flatbed pickup truck It's where the classy ladies fuck in Tennessee Well, there you have it, Colin. Another week of interviews and another full slate of predictions against the Tigers. Well, again, I don't think there's any reason to predict the Tigers should win this game. I mean, I don't think that's a, might be a a post-dispatch writer, somebody for uh, Tennessee. It's, uh, it would be foolhardy to pick the Tigers, but, uh, you know, pray to our rosaries and maybe, just maybe, bam, it'd be sweet. Just the Twitter vitriol alone would be worth it. Oh my God. We're going to have a full two hour sour grapes episode if this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think about the spread now? I think we're at 16 points. That's a more than a two touchdown expected loss for Mizzou against Tennessee. Again, I don't think it's out of line. I mean, I think the Tigers have shown that once it gets away from them, they have trouble coming with it. I mean, I think for Missouri, it's, it's important that they score early. I think it's important that they, they kind of put Tennessee on their heels right away because Mizzou is not a good enough team to fight back from down know, and, and win a ball game against a good team. So you need to get in that lead early. You need to dictate the tempo and the, and kind of make them play your game. You got to crush you, those extra points. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you've got to, you've got to immediately give, I think this team has to immediately be given confidence that they can play with these guys. Yeah. Cause the minute things start to turn sour, I think because they're young and because of the lack of success, they easily go to, Oh, we just can't compete. I think they lose confidence quickly. I, I had hoped that that confidence for this team, that Jesse Palmer swagger would come from Drew Locke, and he hasn't really provided it. You know, that's the one thing about having a great player or uh, is that they give everybody else confidence. It's easy to rally around them. You know, they, it's like being on a plane and you feel a bunch of turbulence and you look at the stewardess and she's not nervous. And fuck, she does this all the time. So if, if it ain't bothering her, then it shouldn't bother you. And I feel like the football players look at a quarterback and if he's not nervous, if he's confident, he's slinging that ball despite a scoreboard or being defined, it gives everybody a sense of confidence. And I, I don't feel like they're kidnapped from Drew Lock right now, so I really we need to get an early score. We need to get on top and uh, and then try to keep it rolling. Colin, they prefer the term flight attendant now. <laughs> well, fuck them. That's what I say to that. <laughs> I bet you'd like to. <laughs> well, some of them. <laughs> oh, I don't know. A lot of them are road hard or uh, maybe not on the yeah. menu for you. Yeah, well, you know, none of that stuff scares me. 
All right. Well, uh, I guess there's nothing to do now but uh, sit here and wait on it and find out whether the Tigers can give Old Tennessee a game like they have in the past. You know, even last year when we were dog shit, we only lost 19 to eight. It wasn't a blowout. I would be willing to sacrifice TJ Mo to the gods for a win. So, I mean, if anybody knows where TJ Mo is, mm-hmm. can tie him to a table, and we can uh, sacrifice him. And in some way, that will help us to a victory. I'm all for that. Well, last I heard, he was uh, behind the counter at an IHOP serving out uh, pancakes, flapjacks. Mm, no, no. I think he's got a gig in St. Louis on the radio now. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, well, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, well, that's but, uh, must-hear radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Yep. If you like awful analysis, and uh-huh. if you're listening to us, you must. And get ready to listen to some TJ Mo. <laughs> well, enough advertising for TJ. Uh, let's uh, let's sign off here, and and listeners, we're going to ask you to please send us an email for this weekend's show. It's at uh, mizodcast at gmail dot com. We want to hear from you, especially if we get a win. We would like you to gloat as hard as possible because we want to uh, pump this out to every Tennessee fan with an internet access. And uh, yeah. e- even if we lose, Which is not as many as you'd hope. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of Tennessee fans uh, barely have electricity. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Until then, I guess uh, M I Z Z O U. I seen Rocky Mountains and Great Lakes. Stood beneath a redwood tree But wherever I go my heart aches For a place called Tennessee Oh, come with me Where the whiskey flows like wine And the meth labs are divine Oh, I wanna be Where the sweet tobacco grows And it's picked by poor Negroes in Tennessee Well, it's a place where dueling banjos play And the mountain folk run free Where all the children can spell KKK But cannot spell Tennessee Oh, come with me Where every cheek is filled with chew No one's ever seen a Jew Oh, I wanna be Where the hot dogs are deep fried That's the reason Elvis died in Tennessee Shout 
But if you can't biscuit out Oh, I wanna be But hospitality's the thing Just ask Martin Luther King Shot in Tennessee of Aretha, Queen of Soul Of B.B. King and Al Gore I'm not saying it's a shithole But they don't live there anymore The dentist just gave up Oh, come with me In my flatbed pickup truck It's where the classy ladies fuck in Tennessee